Hosted by longtime friends Allie and Nat, Let's Get Haunted is a paranormal comedy podcast that's guaranteed to make you laugh as much as it scares you. Built as the only investigative journalist podcast about that may or may not have even happened in the first place, Let's Get Haunted is the perfect storm of chaos and intrigue. Each week, the hosts rotate telling each other frightening supernatural tales from around the world. Topics range from historical mysteries like the Battle of Los Angeles and the Donner Party disaster to little-known pieces of regional folklore and internet urban legends. Let's Get Haunted prides itself on digging deep into niche topics to unearth new information you've probably never heard before, like the time Nat went on the dark web to crack a conspiracy or the time that Allie got a scuba diver to dive down to a famous haunted shipwreck. From time to time, the girls invite special experts on the show to tag-team a topic. Past guests have ranged from famous comedians to actors to professors to even ex-CIA scientists. Above all, Let's Get Haunted seeks to find the levity in any situation and to remind their audience that it's perfectly normal to feel a little bit paranormal. So what are you waiting for? Come get haunted with Nat and Allie every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Derek. My name is Enrique. I'm calling out of California. I'm an over-the-road trucker. I'm always driving up and down California. And I recently heard your uh, nurse special uh, stories, and I was wondering if, you know, you had one out for truckers. You know, us truckers, we see a lot, and we witness a lot. I know I've I've had uh, encounters where I pull over, you know, to sleep or rest for a few hours. And uh, I get knockings on my doors, uh, banging noises on my trailer. You know, I, I, I tend not to get off because I'm not sure what it is. But, you know, I just I was just wondering if you had, you know, some trucker stories on or if you can get like a trucker episodes going on where we can get, you know, a lot of these truckers spooky stories. You know, I'm, I'm recently new into the trucking industry, I'm barely going on my first year. And I've heard a lot of stories, but it'd be great to hear more from, you know, different spots around the world. Great show, and enjoy listening to you while I drive. Keep up the good work, and uh, keep it spooky. Thank you. Well, you got it, Enrique.
Season 16 premiere in the second installment of the True Trucker Tales special. I have one hell of a program slated for this evening. All calls collected from those that keep the world rolling. Folks in the trucking industry. From local routes to cross-country johns, we cover it all in this special episode. So hop in the cab, buckle up, and let's go for a ride. Now, if you think about it, truckers are the front line when it comes to witnessing the weird. After all, they do sit half the day with their eyes glued to the horizon. And as we all know, those that see something are those that are paying attention. And these drivers certainly should be paying attention. As you know, there's any number of categories in which that weird could be divided. UFOs, strange individuals ghostly guardians, monsters, and all those others that don't fit neatly into the confines of a label. Let's just call those strange occurrences, if you will. And this evening, we're going to explore each of those categories. I'll share a few calls pertaining to each of those groupings, beginning here with strange anomalies in our nighttime skies. UAPs, flying saucers, spaceships, you might know them as UFOs. And we begin this evening in the heartland of America. The Great Plains. Kansas, to be exact. Joe, welcome to tonight's program. Hey, Derek, this is Joe. I called him before. I'm a truck driver and I'm traveling up to Washington and I'm kind of cutting across through Kansas right now. I'm about 30 miles in. I'm by Mulvane, Kansas on Interstate 35. It is 3.06 a.m. Central Time. And I'm watching one, two lights in the sky. First, I thought there were planes that were putting their landing lights headed for the Wichita Airport. But they're circling around like, almost like you'd think that fighter planes would, but they're not acting like fighter planes. They brighten up super bright light, and then they fade out. Uh, One seems like he's got one light. The other one, it's almost like he's a light bar, and everything fades out. And I've been trying to get a video or pictures of this, and I just can't seem to get anything right now. Uh, now they're gone. I don't, I don't see them. I've been watching them for about 10, 15 miles, and, and there's one coming back right there. And they're just far enough out that I just can't even pick it up with my camera on my phone. So I don't know if anybody has seen this. It is April 8th. Like I said, it's 3.07 in the morning, and if somebody else out here in Kansas has seen this, I mean, I wouldn't doubt if it's probably fighter aircraft, but just the way the lights, they dim out. 
and then they come right back and they're spinning and moving all over. And I live not even an hour from here, and this is the first time I've seen stuff like this. So I don't know. I I, I could just be maybe blowing it out. Could be with all the stuff that's going on right now. I've been seeing a lot of stuff happening, but yeah, no, it's it's it's. Like right now, it one just came back, and it's not like a full-on light. It's just like it's elongated, but the other one that's with it is just a small light. So I don't know if anybody else is seeing this right now this morning. If I'm just maybe needing to take a nap or something, I don't know. But I've been watching this for quite some time, so I thought I'd just let you know. It's uh, about north northeast of Mulvane, Kansas is where they're flying at. It, I don't know. I don't know. This has got me perplexed. So I don't know <laughs> if somebody knows something. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Joe. Now there's actually a lot to unravel here. So let's begin with the obvious. Well, Mulvane is sort of in the middle of nowhere. Like most places, it's not far from the reaches of old Uncle Sam's military. McConnell Air Force Base is nestled just a mere 10 miles to the north of where this call originated. So my first thoughts gravitate towards some sort of Air Force activity. Some sort of aerial flares, perhaps. Now this sighting took place in the early morning hours of April 9th, 2023. And I did my best to cross-reference the date, but... No other noteworthy sightings were reported in that area at that time. But here's where it starts to get strange. Joe wasn't the only driver out of the Sunflower State to report something unusual. The following report was submitted almost a year ago, back on October 23rd of 2022. Please welcome Jason to the show. Hey Derek, this is uh, Jason. I live in Kansas. I left North Kansas to be exact. I'm a truck driver. I'm right now driving on I-70. And this is actually going on right now. It's 4.36 a.m. I've been watching this thing since about the 218 mile marker. I'm at, I think the 196 mile marker. So about 30 minutes has been going by. But this light in the sky, it's, it's really bright. And I've been looking at it for a while now. And... You know, I, I thought it was a star at first, but I noticed that it's just too low to the ground to be a star, and it keeps changing its positions. It's just a bright white light. So bright that the stars behind it aren't even glowing. I'm heading west on I-70, and I'm looking at the other stars, and whatever this is, is just it's bright. Uh, like I said, I've been staring at this thing for about 30 minutes now, and... Like I said, every time it'll, it'll slowly change its position and there's no other stars around it that I can actually like really, really see because they're just dim. This thing is just bright and it looks like it goes up and it goes down. It'll go left. It'll go right. It's kind of hard to really make out what it is. And I, I've actually been pretty close to, you know, getting around it at one point in time. But it, like, keeps getting further and further away from me. And uh, I actually had a, a tower of a red light for reference. And it was just a, a little bit above this uh, tower with the red light. 
photograph of this uh, light. A couple of them, uh, if I, I'll try to attach to them. But I looked at those photographs, and they're like, you can really see that it's just bright. And like I said, I'm in the cab of my truck, my lights on. For me to actually capture this picture of this light in the sky, it, it's crazy. I mean, it could be a star, but again, too, like I said, it it moves around pretty rapidly and you know sometimes it looks really really close and sometimes it looks really really far again i am driving on the i-70 west right now actually about to hit the 470 and i just passed the 188 mile marker and uh over here on the i-70 west but uh like i said thought the call to share those de important details it's uh 443 and it's still in the sky as we speak if something happens or anything i'll call back in and uh leave some more detail thank you bye thank you jason now jason called back several different times as he followed this anomaly across the state and you can catch all of that additional info in the after show portion of this episode by joining us over at patreon now don't forget you can test drive it for a week for free so take advantage of that deal and catch the rest of his report but on to the main part of the sighting. Now, I'm not sure what Joe saw is the same as what Jason reported, but the two incidents are too similar not to at least explore. Now, Jason's encounter occurred much further north, near a tiny town called Durance, Kansas, just about 125 miles northwest as the crow flies from Joe's location. Now, I did a little digging on this one as well. And at first, I thought maybe it was Venus again, duping yet another weary traveler. But according to timeanddate.com, Venus was not visible that evening, though the less bright Jupiter was. Could it have simply been a planet? Now, I also attempted to cross-reference the sighting with others at that time and place, but nothing really lined up. Now, Jason did send photos in, you can catch those in the show notes. And they do seem to show exactly what he claimed to have captured. A bright white light hovering in the air. And although I didn't make a match in Kansas, I did find this. A mere 300 miles to the northwest in Des Moines, Iowa. Courtesy of KCCI, CBS News 8, out of Des Moines. All right, take a look at this. A driver in Des Moines claims that he saw a UFO. What's that? The National UFO Reporting Center is looking into it. No, what is that, though? You can see it in this video, what Jacob Farrell calls a UFO. He says it was last night on Hickman Road near Merle Hay Road looking north. It's like an eyeball-looking UFO. I don't know what to make of it. It was kind of just hovering there in the sky, just kind of standing still. I was looking up like the Elon Musk equipment that he's got up there. But I don't know, because this was one object by itself, and it was just kind of, it was just, it was just too weird. Mm, we asked the FAA, they have a legitimate task force for UFOs used by Congress last month, but it only takes reports from pilots. So we asked Air Traffic Control if they got any reports and haven't heard back. So that's cool. The FAA referred us to the National UFO Reporting Center. Farrell filed a report with them that will be investigated in the flight radar around Des Moines last night. Only shows planes, so it's up in the air, Chris. <laughs> we don't I know. Think, I think it's a dirty windshield and uh, maybe a plane. <laughs> yeah. Now the common thread here 
that can't exactly be seen on a podcast is that what the driver in Iowa captured on video looks eerily similar to what Jason just described and shared in his photographs. Again, you can look at both by visiting our show notes at monstersamonguspodcast.com and by clicking on the show notes tab. Now look, I have no idea what's floating above America's farmlands, but I do believe these people that are reporting something that they think is unusual. But I will say at least one recent report has been debunked. Back on October 19th of 2022, the National Weather Service spotted and photographed an object they're calling a high-altitude balloon just outside of Mulvane, Kansas, the same town where Joe had his encounter. The images look eerily similar to what Joe and Jason reported. Again, head over to the show notes and check all this out for yourself. Lay eyes on the information. Decide for yourself. And thank you again, gentlemen, for reporting on this strange activity. Whatever it is. Now, folks, I have one more story pertaining to unidentified aerial phenomena to share before we move on. So please welcome Christian from back east in New Jersey. Hey, Derek. How's it going? My name is Christian from northern New Jersey. This actually happened about an hour ago. I work at night as a truck driver, and I'm coming back to base. And right when I was pulling up to, to the warehouse, I see, like, three red dots in the form of a triangle in the sky so since I was already pulling up I started recording and I was turning into the warehouse and the view of those three red dots were kind of blocked off by some buildings Um, I have video actually so I'm going to send it in through email so it was blocked by the building I make a, a quick right turn into uh, the building's parking lot, so it's like a few seconds in between me turning left and then turning right into into the parking lot of the building. And in that you know few seconds, the three red dots that I saw in the sky they just separated, and I have video of that as well. And I just pulled off to the side and just started recording. Like it's a the recording is. At first, it's not that good because the the windshield of the truck is like extremely dirty. There's a swamp over here, is um in, in Newark. So um yeah, I just started recording it, and they separated so quickly, and then in just in a, in a couple minutes, they uh, started fading. But two of the three kind of started like getting closer together before it faded. It's weird because I don't know. I usually don't see anything like that over here in North Jersey. Um, I don't know, probably other people uh, have seen stuff like that, but there is an airport, Newark Liberty International, nearby. I don't know if airports have anything to do, you know, with, like, weird sightings like that. But Yeah, I thought it was pretty crazy. Love to know what you think about that. Um, Like I said, it's in northern New Jersey, not too far from uh, Newark Liberty Airport. But yeah, um, love to hear your thoughts. I love the podcast, man. Uh, take care. Right. Can't wait to hear this. Bye. Thank you, Christian, for calling in. True to his word, Christian did indeed send in a couple of videos. And you can see them in those very same show notes. 
If I had to guess, I'd say we're looking at the remnants of a Sky Lantern release. Now, some people still know them as Chinese lanterns, but essentially they're little paper lanterns with a tea candle at the bottom. The heat from the candle causes the lantern to rise and glow in the sky. That is, until they burn out and fall to the ground. But you know, it's hard to tell from the video. There is certainly something in the sky there. Just not certain what it is. But we can't thank you enough, Christian, for not only capturing it on video, but sharing the whole ordeal here with us. And speaking of sharing ordeals, if you have a story to share with the show, simply call our 24-7 hotline at 888-608-NIGHT. That's 888-608-NIGHT. Or record a voice memo on your phone and email it to me at monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com. Now, if you don't mind, let's switch gears here a bit. And running down the list of strange phenomena a trucker might witness... Our next logical move takes us straight to the ghostly guardians of the road. That little voice that tells you you're going the wrong way. That unseen hand that takes the wheel. Or that stranger that pulls you from the burning rack. Those unseen passengers. If you don't believe me, take it from Jake in Wisconsin. Welcome aboard, Jake. Good evening, Derek and family. Jake from Green Bay, previously called in the winged thing walking in front of my motorcycle. Uh, sometime last summer, uh, I had done a drop and hook in Joliet, Illinois. I had to hustle to get northbound again. I was on I-55. was going to pass a, another slow semi. Slow is a relative term. We're all slow, but he was doing worse. I heard a voice. Broad daylight, little afternoon. Uh, I associate this voice with a spirit guide that I had previously encountered in shamanic experience. He told me to uh, not pass the guy and get ready to pull over. I uh, got down to about 40 miles an hour. I trusted the voice, and uh, my front right tire exploded. The truck jerked really, really hard. And had I been doing 65 or 70 when that happened, uh, I could have rolled. I could have been sideways on I-55. Something, something saved me, saved everybody else on the highway. So uh, I won't say the name that I that I call that entity, but thank you, buddy. Love you, family. Hope it's a great special. Oh, I do too, Jake. But I think so far, so good. Thank you for the contribution. Now that's what I'm talking about. Big rig guardian ghosts. You know, my dad wasn't a trucker per se, but he did have a multi-state delivery and sales route, one of those big box trucks. His route took him all over eastern Ohio, western Pennsylvania, and the northern parts of West Virginia. And over his 40 years of driving, he retired last year. He's seen and experienced all sorts of things. But one story that he tells regularly sticks out in my mind. More than most, I suppose. And so I had to have him call it in. If you would, please welcome my dad, Dennis, from Ohio. Back to the program. Hi, Derek. This is for your trucker special. 
I used to work for Industrial Laundry and January of 1990, I was in West Virginia on Route 2, coming out of New Martinsville, headed toward Wheeling, and it was snowing, it was icy a little bit on the road, and on a straight stretch I came to, I came through these trees, and the wind was blowing, and it hit the front of the truck. When it did, it turned the truck sideways, and before I could do anything, I, I was looking at a culvert, and next thing I know, the truck bounced back up on the road and going down the road street. All I could say was, thank you. Somebody helped me out. Bye. Short and to the point. Thanks, Dad. And since we're on the topic of an invisible force helping out on the road, we hear that kind of story from time to time. A phantom truck will appear out of nowhere, just in time to aid in a time of need. Then, just as mysteriously as it appeared, it vanishes back into the ether. If you don't believe me, take experiencer Susie Thompson's word for it, courtesy of the Weather Channel's American Supernatural. On a 100-degree day in July of 1994, Florida resident Susie Thompson finds herself in the thick of it when her car dies on the cursed stretch of highway. After I started walking, my biggest fear now was the heat. And it was moldering. All of a sudden, this huge 18-wheeler pulls over, and this truck driver, he asked if I wanted a lift to the nearest exit. Hop on in. So I climbed up into the truck. At the next exit, we pulled off, and the gas station was right there. I got out of the truck, and we waved to each other. I took a few more steps, and there was silence. He was gone. There was no one there. My friend came to pick me up, and as soon as I got in the car, I had to tell him about this phantom truck driver. And he looked at me and said, you have just experienced the eye for a dead zone. Now that is what I call a classic trucker ghost story. But outside of campfire tales and CB radio ghost stories, where have I heard something like that before? <laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. 
might get off right up here. Have a nice day. <laughs> Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent ya. in peace, Pee-wee, and Alice Nunn, who played Marge in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. We all know we can't discuss ghostly truckers without uttering old large Marge's handle. Of course, in the film, moments later, Pee-wee walks into the diner and repeats what she told him. Large Marge sent him, only to learn that Large Marge died ten years ago that very night, which meant Pee-wee got a ride with the ghost of Large Marge. Now, coincidentally, that scene was filmed just down the hill here in Cabazon, California. Now, if you're traveling the I-10 interstate, just west of Palm Springs and see those giant dinosaurs, well, congratulations. Because you just found it. Now, speaking of ghostly truckers in popular culture... I'd also play you the song, Big Joe and Phantom 309, but I'm pretty sure that will get me banned from YouTube, or something bad. So I'll link to that ballad written by Tommy Fail. Now the popular version is by Red Savine, but my personal favorite is from Mr. Tom Waits. A link to that song can be found in the show notes, if you'd like to hear yet another ghostly trucker legend set to rhyme. And thanks to yet another caller, I have one more story of this kind to share before we move on to the next category. Please break the channel for Paul. Over in a while. Hey Derek, my name is Paul from Cincinnati. It's uh, called in before uh, this is for your truckers episode, your season opener trucker episode. So this isn't my story. It's a story from someone I worked for named Mr. Miner. This is a story that he told me. So uh, I took a side job working with this. Uh, he was an older gentleman. He had a farm in rural Tennessee. And it was an older guy. He needed help putting up fence and, you know, just maintaining his farm. He had, you know, goats and chickens and cows and all that kind of stuff. And Mr. Miner was a very interesting guy. I got to know him over a couple of years that I worked with him, you know, off and on on the weekends. And one time early on, you know, I'm always interested in the paranormal. So I asked him if he had ever seen anything or, you know, was, you know, since he was an older gentleman and had actually done quite a bit in his life. And uh, when I asked him, he got pretty quiet and he said, yeah, I saw something. Something happened to me once, but I don't think I'm ready to talk about it right now. So I just left it at that. So about a year goes by and during this time, he tells me all kinds of out, you know, just crazy stories about him. He was a extra in movies and he would fly to Hollywood to be an extra. And, you know, in the, in the beginning, I was like, okay, Mr. Miner, sure, whatever you say. But then he would always back it up with pictures and, you know, he had, he had pictures of him with actors and pictures of him on the sets of movies and stuff. So, you know, I got, got to where I, you know, I, I, you know, I believed him. He, he was proving the things that he was saying, you know, even though I didn't ask him to, I guess maybe he, you know, sensed my, uh, 
my doubt <laughs> because it was some of the stuff was just so crazy that he was talked about. But he always had he always was able to back it up. So uh, one day, about a year after I started working for him, and after I asked him if he'd ever seen anything paranormal, we were putting up a fence, like a temporary fence through the woods, so he could make his goat enclosure larger. He said, Paul, do you remember when you asked me if I'd ever seen anything paranormal? And I said, yeah, I do. And he said, well, uh, I'm going to tell you about it. So apparently when he was young, he would drive truckloads of parts. He was a trucker and he would drive truckloads of used auto parts across the United States for recycling, I think it was. And this was before most of the major interstates and stuff like that. And he told me that one night he was driving this truckload of parts and it started snowing. And to make a long story short, the snow was piling up. His truck went off the road. He got stuck in a ditch and uh, he was just stuck there, you know, in the middle of nowhere in this like forest. So the, the truck was still running. So he decided to stay with the truck, leave the heat on. He said that he wasn't doing a good job, but it was keeping the frost off of him. And he was, uh, you know, he was hanging out there. Well, the truck started to run out of gas and he knew that if he stayed in that truck, he was going to freeze to death. So he decided he was going to walk out of there. So he started walking and apparently he, you know, didn't get too far because the snow was really piled up at this point, middle of the night, blowing cold, freezing. So it was hard, really hard to walk through because the snow was just packed. And uh, he saw a stump or something or a guardrail or something. He said he just sat down for a minute to rest. He said when he woke up, a man was shaking him awake. And, you know, he woke up and the guy was like, hey, are you all right? And he was like, well, my truck's down the road stuck and I was running out of gas and starting to freeze. So I thought I'd walk out of here and I guess I fell asleep. And the guy said, well, come on, get in my truck. And the guy had a big four-wheel drive truck with uh, chains on the tires and stuff. And he said, come on, get in the truck and we'll take you up to my place. And in the morning, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get you into town and you can go get your truck fixed. So he goes with him. He took him back to his trailer, which was up on a ridge. And uh, when Mr. Miner went in, uh, you know, they had like a, a wood burning stove and he met the guy's wife and he had a kid. And, you know, it's like the middle of the night. So they kind of all kind of got up because of the, you know, commotion and uh, made him some coffee, gave him a blanket. He laid down on the couch next to the wood burning stove and got warm and fell asleep. In the morning, the man, man woke him up at first light, drove him in and, and took him to the edge of town and said, this is as far as I go. If you walk a block straight ahead, you'll come to a service station. Just tell them what happened and they'll get you fixed up. So, you know, he, and he mentioned that he tried to pay the guy. And the guy said, no, I don't want any money. I'm just glad I could help you out. So he drops Mr. Miner off and turns around in his truck and leaves. So Mr. Miner goes into town, finds a service station, tells him, you know, that, hey, my truck's back there. It's stuck. And, you know, I need a tow and I think I need a tire fix. So the guy says, you know, OK, well, there's a diner over there. I'm sure you're hungry. If you want to go get something to eat, they should be opening up here soon. And, you know, come back in a couple of hours and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll let you know what's going on. So he goes over to the diner and does his thing and he's gone for a little while and, and uh, comes back and they got his truck and they're just fixing a tire. That was all was wrong with it. Um, he was stuck in the ditch. They got him out, towed him in and was fixing his tire. And the guy, you know, who ran the service station, they got to talking a little bit and said, hey, you know, what happened? 
and he told him, you know, I, I went off the road. I thought I was going to die in that truck because I was freezing to death. And this guy came in this big pickup truck and he, and he uh, picked me up and took me to his house. And, you know, I stayed the night and then he dropped me off at the edge of town and here I am. And the, the guy behind the counter says, nobody lives up on that ridge. That ridge burned out 20 years ago. There was some kind of big fire, lightning or something, and it burned the whole entire ridge out. And there was a family up there. There was a single family up there that lived in a trailer and they had passed away. So he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, he's like, well, I'm not sure. You know, all, all I know is the guy saved my life. I met his you know, wife and I met his kid. So uh, he gets his truck, he goes on his way, he delivers his parts. I mean, he comes back through the same way and the weather is much better this time. And as he's coming back through, uh, he, he sees the, the spot where he went off the road, you know, the area where he went off the road. And sure enough, you can tell that it's really obvious that the, he said the whole entire ridge had completely burned off, that there was nothing there. The trees were all burned up. And he said he didn't see a trailer anywhere. He didn't even see a road to get up to a trailer. I mean, he said, I don't know. He said, I'm not sure what happened or who those people were, but they saved my life that night. And uh, I, I believe 100% that he was telling the truth. I mean, he swore that it was the truth. So I don't know, Derek, but I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to share that with you and love the show. Love what you do. Hope the uh, trucker episode goes well for you and hope everybody out there is doing great. And take it easy. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Paul. Now this one has some eerie details. The burned out ridge and the trailer. It's certainly unique to that location. And it was an entire family and not just a single trucker. That's also unique. But frankly, tales like this are a little too cliche for me. A little too perfect. That makes them harder for me to swallow. But that's the funny thing about stereotypes. Because sometimes they're actually true. And I'd like to think that Mr. Minor's story was as well. So thank you again, Paul, for sharing his tale here with us. This missile is believed to be headed in the direction of the Los Angeles metropolitan area. So another general thing I expect truckers to experience from time to time are strange occurrences. Disappearing and reappearing items, time slips, near misses, strange weather. Bizarre stuff, like this entry, from Natasha, over in Kentucky. Hey Derek, love the show. I'm from Kentucky, but I drive a semi to your home state, Ohio. I usually go to East Liberty, and I was just, just happened the other day. I was on my way back to Kentucky, driving through Mechanicsburg, Ohio, and I see a deer. And about the time I got up close to the deer, it was about to, I thought the car in front of me was going to hit it. And then I just caught it out of the corner of my eye and slowed down a little bit and thought for sure I braked for impact and thought for sure it was going to just ram right into my vehicle. And I would sit there for just a second and then look around and realize the car behind me was still driving. And I was just like, it disappeared. And there's no way that it could have went underneath the vehicle because I have 18 wheels that would have hit something. Yeah, that's just a little 
something I'm still weary about. Thank you, Natasha. Now, how exactly would you assign that one? A Houdini deer? A ghost deer? A not deer? Whatever the cause, it's certainly a strange occurrence. And it was very lucky for that particular animal. And I suppose the driver. Now, coincidentally, I'm a big advocate for these highway animal crossings that have become popular the last few years. They're building one just outside of Los Angeles that'll help both predator and prey cross a dozen lanes of traffic safely. Think of it as an overpass with grass instead of a road. Now it's safer for us humans as well. Now nearly 200 people on average die each year as a result of deer-car collisions here in the U.S. And tens of thousands more are injured. So stay safe out there, folks. Keep your eyes on the road. Now, as luck would have it, the next two calls in this category also involve the animal kingdom, but in two drastically different ways. Dave from Utah. Fill him in on what I'm talking about. Hey, Derek. This is Dave from Northern Utah. This will be for your trucker special. I used to do long calls, hot shotting. So not exactly a semi, but drove plenty of times across the country. Um, but I was taking a lady's trailer full of animals from Flagstaff to her home, her new home and mountain home. Um, and on this particular trip, it was hauling her trailer with her animals because I was going to drop it there, buy, it, buy another trailer and drive it back home. Anyway, so it was a little odd. She wanted to keep it padlocked and keyed, which is great. Um, but she didn't want me to have access to it, which always makes me a little uncomfortable if there's a problem. And she just said she would deal with it if there was any. Anyway, it was an odd load. I had a bunch of waterfowl in the tongue of the trailer, three donkeys, two pigs, an emu, and four mini horses in the very back. The pigs and the donkeys were in one section. The emu was in the very middle of the trailer and the horses were in the back, and these were separated between two doors, so it made three compartments. Anyway, I was going from Flagstaff to Mountain Home, and I got to Yellville, Arkansas, I believe is where Yellville is, and I stopped to get diesel, and I go back to check on everything, and this emu is gone. And I was like, first and foremost, I go, I quit this emu, and to be specific, her trailer did have slats. It was a livestock trailer, so it was five-foot walls and then a few inches and a slat and another few inches and then the roof, which she had taken and put the winter paneling on to keep it warm. I should mention this was in February, so it was chilly. Anyway, there's no way this bird got out, okay? It could, it could not have crawled through the slats anyway, even if there wasn't winter slats filling the gaps. The padlock was on there. All the other animals were there. It's food and water were there. Nothing else was missing. So I'm freaking out. I called her and I just said, hey, I have no idea how to explain this, but you had an emu at the last stop and you don't have one on this stop. Like, I don't know what's going on. And she was freaking out. I went and found the sheriff and the sheriff was taking my report. And this old guy walks by and goes, oh, what's going on? And I was like, this bird disappeared from the middle of the trailer. And he was like, oh. 
that happens from time to time. Go get some lunch. It'll come back. <laughs> it was so strange. And so I finished filing it. And this deputy goes, hey, there it is. Sure enough, it was back in the trailer. So I don't really know what to explain from that. I don't know. It, it really, you can't go hiding in this little spot. You know, it had about a 10 by 8 section. Like, there was no place for it to hide. We had four or five cops there. You know, I it was just weird. Anyway, that's what it was. I don't know what it means, but have a good day. Bye. Thank you, Dave. Now, my only guess here is that the bird was lying down, and it was somehow simply overlooked. But you know, emus are huge. They're over five foot tall and well over a hundred pounds. And that's a big bird. That's hard to miss. But anyway, like I said, I have another call involving a strange bird and a truck driver. So for that tale, please join me in welcoming Pete to the program. Hi, Derek. This is Pete again from West Texas. I was on your season 14 transportation premiere. Anyway, um, I hope I'm not too late with this trucker story. This is not my story, but it's pretty creepy, so I thought it'd be a good one to share with all of your listeners. This is secondhand coming from me, but I heard the actual trucker lady tell this story. And she was team driving with her husband. Her husband would... uh, he would drive during the day while she slept, and she would drive at nighttime while he slept. And she said that one night she was driving, her husband was in the back asleep, and they were on Interstate 10 between San Antonio and El Paso, Texas. And one night, somewhere around Fort Stockton, Texas, which that area is sparsely populated, pretty desolate, she said that on the passenger side of this 18-wheeler that they drove, She described a little window down by the floorboard. It's cut into the door, but it's down by the floorboard. And I'm sure your truckers will know what that little window's for. But she said this uh, black bird landed right outside that window on her truck. There's kind of a step-up platform on the diesel tank. Get up into the cab. Well, this bird landed right outside that window there. She described it as probably close to a foot tall maybe but it was a black bird and uh, she described it as having red glowing eyes and she said that it started uh, squawking and screaming and flapping its wings and when she would look over at it it would stop it would stop making the noise and just stare at her and then when she would take her eyes off it to not go off the road it would start doing it again and it kept trying to get her attention to look over at it when she told that story uh, that I found that pretty creepy. It freaked me out. And uh, I don't know if it was some kind of demonic bird or what, but she described it as black with uh, red glowing eyes. Or she, she didn't say glowing eyes. She said red eyes. She said that she forced herself to ignore it, and eventually it just uh, it flew off, and it freaked her out. Yeah, that's how it ended. It just She ended up ignoring it, and it ended up flying away. So it was trying to distract her, I guess, to cause a wreck. I don't know. I just um, I hope I never encounter anything like that. But anyway, that's the story. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Pete. 
You know, red eyes don't typically suggest something positive. Or so I hear. Oftentimes, it's associated with predators. Nocturnal predators. And or, I suppose, demons or evil entities. But of course, any number of animals' eyes can reflect red as a result of their tapetum lucidum, a membrane in the eye that makes night vision possible for many woodland creatures. But I'm not so sure that's what was being described here. How about it, listeners? Anyone familiar with the demon bird that torments truckers? Does anyone know of a bird with red eyes? If that's you, let us know. Call the hotline, shoot me an email. Send me a pigeon. It's not one with red eyes. And a big thanks to all three of our callers for their eerie entries. Now you know there's one thing I know all truckers experience while out on the veins and arteries of this fine nation. Because while trucking is a lonely job, you still have your run-ins with the general public. And sometimes those that survive just off the fringes of that society. Weirdos, oddballs, riffraff, criminals, drifters, and strangers. Unusual individuals that one might run into while out on the road. For example, take fence out of Illinois. Hey Derek and other Monsters. This is Vince from Illinois again, and this one is for the truck driver special. So I've called in a few times now, and I've got to admit that I feel a little bit giddy when my calls make it on the show. But uh, anyway, so I'm pretty sure I mentioned before, but my driving takes me regionally around the Chicago area. And Friday night, I was sent from Schaumburg, Illinois to Indianapolis, which is roughly about a three and a half hour drive. Well, unfortunately, there was a fatal accident on my way to Indy and uh, RIP and nothing but the best vibes going towards that driver's family. But my trip was delayed by roughly about three hours. So this obviously pushed back my return trip. So I'm headed back on I-65 North much later in the early hours of Saturday morning. I-65 is pitch black. Just to give, you know, to set the scene, uh, pitch black, aside from your occasional travel stops, you've got some loves truck stops, you got some pilot truck stops, and then the occasional other headlights from other vehicles. Well, because of a big pitch black and plenty of Animal Crossing signs along the way, I've got my high beams going. Well, roughly about an hour and a half into this three and a half hour drive coming back home, the high beams catch a figure on the side of the road and they're just kind of just walking along. Very nondescript, dressed in dark clothes, uh, just kind of walking along. And as I come up closer to them, they kind of turn their head like they're looking over their shoulder at me. And I'm not stopping. That's not just company policy, but that is my policy. Uh, I am not stopping for any hitchhikers super late 
in the evening, super late at night, when there are no other lights around and they're kind of just wandering along a highway. I feel like that is that is a smart thing to do. That is a that that's a pretty pretty intelligent move. But I do switch lanes to put some distance between me and this person because you never know. Um, some people do things crazy on the highway, and as I'm passing them, this pretty strong gust of wind comes blowing through my window. I've got my windows cracked halfway, and this pretty strong gust comes through, and I think nothing of it. You know, I. I chalk it up to it's the wind blowing i'm driving 65 miles per hour down a highway with fields on either side wind is bound to blow into my open window so it is what it is whatever i keep driving so i pass the figure and just keep chugging along 65 you know minding my business listening to <laughs> another creepy podcast and uh roughly about 10 more miles down the road so about 10 minutes have passed and my high beams catch another dark figure damn near identical and they do the exact same thing turn their head towards the road like they're looking over their shoulder again and again I change lanes and as soon as I pass them that big gust of wind hits again now I can't I can't really shake this one off because I'm like, okay, what's going on? Am I imagining things? You know, am I seeing things? It's, it's late. I've been at this point driving nonstop for hours and I can't really shake it off anymore because it happens about three more times. Not exactly the 10 minutes apart, like the first two happened, but enough to kind of freak me out a bit a little bit further and I end up coming up against the area or coming to the area where on the opposite side of the highway is where that fatal crash occurred now as I'm coming up to it I don't see any figures but the gust of wind that hit the side of my truck as I'm passing by that spot was enough to push my truck over into the next lane over. I had to grab that steering wheel and, you know, hold firm to avoid basically hitting the far guardrail on the left-hand side of the road. It was a pretty strong gust of wind that I was not expecting at all. Got a little freaked out, but maintained control of the truck, got back in my lane, and... Everything was fine after that. No issues. Uh, I had a handful of little gusts of wind that one would definitely, definitely attribute to driving down the highway at 65 miles per hour with your windows rolled down. So I, I, I brushed it off after that. But the figure and the gusts of wind and then uh, what happened as I was passing up the crash site a bit odd and ominous if you ask me and I'm pretty sure you can guess where my mind is going to in regards to that anyway thanks again for the show I always love binging it on my long drives you you keep me company on those wee hours of the night so definitely keep it up I, I really do appreciate it keep doing what you do thanks thank you Vince 
Ooh, that's a weird one. And it's almost tiptoeing into mirrored men territory there a little bit. Almost. Now some thoughts that run through my head here are that this could have been some sort of elaborate hoax. Now I've seen all sorts of videos depicting pranks using twins or triplets to fool unsuspecting victims. So perhaps maybe this is something like that. Kind of far-fetched, but certainly possible. But how does one explain the wind that occurred after each sighting? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure how that could have been created so easily. Replicated. Now I-65 is a pretty long stretch of interstate. So it should come as no surprise that there are several ghost stories associated with the freeway. There's even a book on the hauntings of that stretch of road. Ghosts of Interstate 65 by Joanna Foreman. Though I have not yet read it. And amongst the plethora of fatalities on that stretch. And the paving over of multiple homesteads. The road is actually infamous for something else. A killer. A serial killer. 35 long years. Harry Edward Greenwell is the man police say murdered Vicki Heath, Margaret Peggy Gill, Jean Gilbert, and assaulted another woman all between 1987 and 1990. Detectives say Greenwell had an extensive 35-year criminal history and died in Iowa in 2013. Police say the technique they used involves uploading a crime scene DNA profile to one or more genetic genealogy databases, all to identify a criminal offender's genetic relatives and locate the offender within their family tree. The match was 99.9999% positive. Police say the victim, who escaped from Greenwell at a Columbus Days Inn in January 1990, gave a detailed description of what he looked like. The primary factors that linked these four crime scenes were their proximity to I-65, and for this obvious reason, the person was responsible for these murders was dubbed the I-65 killer. Now that clip courtesy of CNN. So with all this fodder, it's no surprise that Vince would see something strange on his down-and-back route. And we thank you, Vince, for the report. And we appreciate you keeping your eyes peeled out there. Now, folks, this next story is another that I would call a instant classic. Please welcome Jenna from over in the UK. Hi, Derek. My name's Jenna. I am calling you from the north of England, but my story actually took place in the south of England in around 2003. So at the time, I would have been, I think, 15 years old. I was really into horses and show jumping, and we used to travel around the country going to competitions most weekends. We had a horse lorry, which was over seven and a half tons. So my mum actually had a heavy goods vehicle license to be able to drive it. So when this story took place, we had been, I think maybe around a two or three hour drive away. It was quite late in the evening when we were getting back with a couple of horses on the back. It was pitch black and where this occurred, it was kind of out in the countryside. We were only about a mile from home. There weren't really many houses around and we were on a fairly fast road. So it was just my mum and I up front in the cab in the lorry. And as we were approaching a bend with the full beams on, I could see what looked like the figure of a young girl. <laughs> 
I find it really hard to uh, to actually talk about it because it shocked me so much at the time. But yeah, she she looked about five or six years old, perhaps. She was facing the road. Her toes were sort of over the edge of the curb. She was holding a teddy, a teddy bear tight to her chest. And she was looking down. So she had long hair. It was kind of draped forwards, sort of hanging towards the ground. And I couldn't really see her face because of this. But yeah, as we were approaching the bend, she was all I could see. But for some reason, I didn't say anything to my mum. I felt like I was in a sort of trance as soon as I saw her. Once we got around the corner, I turned to my mum and I said, what was that girl doing there? And she looked at me and just said, what girl? And I was honestly stunned. I could not believe that she hadn't seen what I'd seen. Um, I wanted her to turn the lorry around to go back and check just to see if it was a girl who'd got lost. But she was so adamant that there wasn't anything there. She said, we just need to carry on home. We were only a couple of minutes away. Um, there wasn't really anywhere to turn around anyway. So especially not in a, in a truck that big. So as soon as we got home, I asked her to call the police, which she did. And they came out straight away and they said there was nothing around that area. So yeah, it was incredibly strange. And I think we were both convinced that what I'd actually seen was some sort of ghost rather than an actual person. I just can't explain how I was able to see her and my mum wasn't. So yeah, it was quite a dangerous, like a notoriously dangerous stretch of road as well. For anyone who might live in that area, it was the, I think it was the A286, which was on the border of Surrey and West Sussex. There are actually quite a few serious accidents on that road whilst we lived in that area over about a 10 year period. But yeah, it was one of the strangest things that has ever happened to me and I wanted to share it as part of your trucker special. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen to my story. And yeah, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks very much, Derek. Bye. Thank you, Jenna. Now, I fully expected to receive a number of stories just like this one. But to my surprise, Jenna's is the only one that really hits all the benchmarks. And it also reminds me of something else. Not too long ago, a trucker out west here, in the Phoenix area to be specific, reported seeing something similar along his route. Now what makes this experience different is that he had someone in the truck with him that also saw the anomaly. And they got it on dash camera. And it was on the nightly news. KSAZ Fox 10 out of Phoenix, to be precise. A team of two truck drivers working in the same 18-wheeler came across an unusual sighting Saturday morning. I mean, she's seen it too, so we both did see it. It's not like we're both losing it. It took William Church, who was behind the wheel, by surprise. I actually twitched the wheel um, to, to miss whoever it was. Erica Lake just finished her shift and Church took over, and an hour later he saw what looks like a person at first on the side of State Route 87, about 40 miles northeast of Phoenix. At first I thought it was a human, and then when you can't really see the face and the top of the body up, I was kind of, I wonder what, and then then we were thinking about maybe it's it's a ghost. It wasn't until Church was at the next rest stop when he took a closer look. I don't know if it was a person or if it was 
something spiritual or something, but it was in the form of a human. That's all I know. This video has them questioning what they saw, along with thousands of other people who have watched the video too. Now in the video, it looks like a pair of legs to me, but others have said it's simply a reflection of a nearby road sign. Go check out the video for yourself, found in the show notes, or I guess in the description of this post, and tell me what you think. And while you're at it, tell me what you think Elijah, out of Illinois, experienced as well. Hey Derek, my name's Elijah. I live in Illinois. I've been debating whether or not to send in this story just because I'm pretty much 100% sure it is both a dream and a coincidence that both happened, but I've always kind of looked back at this memory fondly as uh, the closest thing I'll ever have gotten to a paranormal experience. So what happened was this was probably in 2003 or 2004 when I was six or seven, and this is in Carpentersville where I used to live. So in Carpentersville, there's a neighborhood with a very large field in it. The field's probably three or four football fields big that, you know, families would host, you know, parties on or, you know, multiple families would or they'd host soccer events at it. And so my house was at the edge of the field. So in my bedroom, if I looked out the window, I'd see my backyard and I'd see the field beyond it. And there was no trees in the field or anything. It was just a bare grass field. So I'm sleeping one night and something wakes me up. And I don't know why, but I just decided to get up and look out my window. So I'm still half asleep at this time, which is why I'm pretty sure, pretty much positive is, you know, just a dream. So I get up, look out the window and covering the entire night sky was just this spaceship. So the, the closest thing that looks like what this looked like, and I was just seeing, you know, the bottom part of it because the entire sky is covered. And I mean, this is a huge amount of space. The closest thing I can come to describing it is uh, in Star Wars A New Hope, one of the first scenes is when, you know, the rebel ship is running away and you see the Star Destroyer, you know, go over the camera or pan over the camera. And it's just, you know, this enormous looming thing and the spaceship wasn't moving from what I could see and I could hear it sounded like jumbo jets which is easily explainable because we lived not close to O'Hare but close enough to where often we'd get you know airliners flying above our house but I mean they're at super high heights so you'd be able to hear them but they're not they weren't super loud what I heard that night was, you know, booming loud and you could almost feel the vibrations, but it sounded very similar to those airplanes. But for whatever reason, my seven-year-old mind is completely undisturbed and doesn't find this odd at all. No, what I do is I look across the field and just see, I see, I don't know how many people, but a few, like a group of people just playing golf in the field. It's not a golf course or anything. It's not completely unusual for people to play golf on it just you know drive a few balls home but this must have been you know between 12 and 3 in the morning because everyone in my house was asleep and that's usually about the time that everyone's asleep 
And, you know, it's pretty unusual for people to be playing golf at that time of night or in the morning, I guess, depending on how you look at it. And so I, I remember just being super annoyed at these figures. I mean, they're super far away, but it looks like they're playing golf. I remember being super annoyed at these figures. And I just say, truckers, like I somehow thought they were, for some reason, thought they were truckers and don't know why. And so after I said that, I just kind of angrily turned around and went back to bed and fell asleep. And that was that. And I kind of forgot about the story for years and years. And so fast forward to when I'm about 14, I went to this garage sale and I bought a book on the paranormal and the unexplained. I can't remember what the title of it was or who wrote it. The only thing I remember is there was on the cover a picture of like a a man made of glass and he was kind of in that Leonardo da Vinci man sketch position or whatever. Uh, Anyways, uh, I remember going to my living room, getting ready to read it and remembering that memory I had of that UFO sighting with the golfers. And so I just remember that, thought that was kind of funny. And then I opened the book and one of the first stories I read was about a group of truckers that sighted an enormous UFO over a golf course somewhere in Illinois. I mean, and this was years before I had had my quote unquote sighting, but I just remember thinking that was really a funny coincidence how in my dream, these three completely unrelated things, truckers, golfers, and a UFO or a giant spaceship are all connected by this story in a book I read. So I don't know. I've always looked back at that memory fondly, thought it was very funny. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Love your show again. And, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Elijah. Well, that's a bit of a cheat on my part, because that's not really a trucker call. But it is certainly a UFO call, and it is certainly a strange person call. I mean, the nighttime golfers alone. But how about the coincidence there? Maybe it wasn't a coincidence at all. Either way, we do appreciate the entry, Elijah. We thank you for calling in. Now, real quick, before I continue, the new long sleeve Monsters Among Us Halloween t-shirts are fully restocked in the shop, but hurry before they sell out again. Unfortunately, they will not be restocked again before Halloween. Now, just a refresher, these are the awesome death metal style prints by artist Adam Parnell Deal, featuring yours truly, a terrifying entity in my immensely messed Annabelle all on our very first long sleeve t-shirt. Now for you shrewds out there, the design is also available in short sleeves as well. And don't forget we have two other Halloween designs from previous years. Now all of our designs are commissioned by our favorite artist in the paranormal space, exclusively for the Monsters Among Us shop, which you can find at monstersamonguspodcast.com and by smashing that shop tab. Order now so you have it for the rest of spooky season. Now to round out the strange person grouping, please help me welcome Debbie to the program.
Derek. My name is Debbie, and I'm calling for the trucker episode. This story happened to both me and my dad together. My dad was not a trucker, but he was a courier. So he drove and delivered items all over the state of Massachusetts when we lived up there, and then down here in Florida where we are currently living. So this story happens in Massachusetts back around probably 1983. I was in high school at the time, and my dad was delivering crackers that you get in vending machines. He took them from the distributor and then distributed them to all the different places that bought those crackers. And sometimes I would skip school because, not to brag or anything, but I was a bit of a brain, and so missing a day here or there if he wanted company on a long trip wasn't a big deal. So we were out in western Massachusetts. If anybody is familiar with Sturbridge or Southbridge, it's fairly out in the boonies. There is a village in Sturbridge, which is a working museum of colonial America. So we did our deliveries, and we went to go find some place to eat for lunch. We went into this place that looked like a clam shack kind of a place, but it was very big and roomy inside. And the first weird thing that happened was our waitress looked and sounded exactly like my dad's best friend's sister, except she was blonde and the sister was dark haired. Same exact voice, same face, kind of eerie, but nothing scary, nothing that would make us sort of sit up and think twice, but just sort of, oh, her twin is out in the world. And then we're halfway through our lunch and it was a beautiful day, nothing crazy weather-wise and we were obviously inside. And we're halfway through our lunch and my dad looks up and turns white. I'm like, what is going on? He looks over at a table of four older gentlemen behind us and every single one of those men looked like his uncles that had passed away back in the 40s, maybe 50s. I never knew them. I was born in the 60s. I've just heard stories. He had an Uncle Sammy, an Uncle Jaime, and I think one of the other ones might have been named Saul. I don't remember. Anyways, that was the end of our lunch. My dad turned white. He threw some cash on the table, and we were out of there. He was completely freaked out. So this is, what, 40 years ago? I'm terrible with math. My dad has now passed um, last summer. So I can't ask him what else he remembers, but I have a clear memory of that whole day, and it was extremely strange. So as everybody says, love the show, keep up the good work. I have been a listener since the very beginning and a Patreon, and I love your spooky stuff. So have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Even on a trucker special, a doppelganger makes its way in there. It's becoming a popular phenomenon. Now we've all lost loved ones that we'd like to see again. I suppose that is until the day we do. As Debbie's father learned, it's a tough thing to swallow. Not that I'm speaking from experience. But putting myself in his shoes... I could only imagine the emotions that fled through him. Now, even if it were only a wild coincidence, I feel for the guy. 
because I'm sure something like that would really shake you up. So on that note, thank you again, Debbie, for sharing the encounter with us. Well, folks, that brings us to tonight's final grouping of strange things truckers might encounter. But I saved my favorite here for last. And that category should be easy to guess. The show is called Monsters Among Us, after all. That's right. It's time for a few monsters. But before we do that, a little background information. Let me introduce you to a place called escape or swamp down in South Carolina via Mysteries at the Museum. June 29th, 1988, Bishopville, South Carolina. Just after 2 a.m., 17-year-old high school student Christopher Davis returns home and his parents are shocked by the look in his eyes. After gaining his composure, Chris recounts what happened on his horrifying drive home. While crossing a bridge, he suddenly got a flat, so he pulled over to change the tire. And while tightening the last nut, he was startled by the sound of fast approaching footsteps. When he looked over his shoulder, he saw this large object ambling across the field. He jumped into his car and caught a terrifying glimpse in the mirror. There were the big red eyes of this human-like green lizard creature coming toward him. As he hit the accelerator, a violent thud shook the roof of his car. He saw the claws hanging over the front of the windshield as it was holding on. Chris frantically swerved, knocking the creature off his hood narrowly escaping what could have been a gruesome fate. Now suddenly, Bishopville had Lizardman fever. Restaurants started serving Lizardman burgers. Gift shops opened and festivals popped up. And so did the sightings. And even a few photographs. The point being that Lee County, Bishopville, and the skateboard swamp in general quickly became synonymous with the infamous Lizardman. And now, armed with that knowledge, I'd like to introduce you to Kathleen, out of the state of Maryland. Hi, this is Kathleen again, or Kat, as I've been calling myself. Anyways, I'm currently sitting in Maryland. This story happened at Escape or Swamp, Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself My daughter just opened my first cryptid crate, and the theme seems to be the lizard man of Skateboard Swamp. And I was telling her that's kind of funny because just last month, I stayed at the... I'm I'm a truck driver. There's a pilot close to Skateboard Swamp, and as I was trying to figure out where the closest truck stop was to me at the time... I had been using Google Maps, and, you know, usually Google Maps will pop up with a pin drop here and there of tourist hotspots, and one of those hotspots was Skateboard Swamp, and I was sitting there thinking, Skateboard Swamp, Skateboard Swamp, that that sounds familiar, and I don't know why. Happened about 
a mile down the road, there was a pilot there, and I pulled in to stop for the night. So I got on my on my phone, and I opened up Google, and I said, Skateboard Swamp, why is that so popular? And I came across the legend, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, duh, of course. Oh, holy crap, I don't have the time to go any further, so I'm going to be a mile from Skateboard Swamp. And I was telling my sister and her friends about this, and they're like, oh, you be careful and all this stuff. And honestly, I don't leave my truck after sundown anyways, just for safety reasons. So I was telling them, yeah, I'm going to close my curtains before the sun goes down because I don't want to see any creepy stuff while I'm out here. Because I was very far away from the building. I was close to the grassy area between the truck stop and the highway and jokingly I'm like oh man I hope the lizard man doesn't come and get me that's probably the reason why this probably happened uh it was about one o'clock in the morning and something hit my truck I'm not talking about a rock I'm not talking about a stone it felt like a linebacker hit the side of my truck with his shoulder and I mean I know what my truck feels like when it's starting up by itself I honestly sadly know what it's like to get hit with another truck driver's trailer I share this because I didn't see anything I didn't see any scratches no dings no dents on my trailer or on my truck when I checked the next morning but it scared me and my dog The reason why I bring this up is because, again, I did get my cryptid crate. Me and my daughter, we loved everything that was in there, and I kind of bragged about it on Facebook, saying, funny enough, I was just there, and this happened. But I was trying to convince my 16-year-old to listen to the podcast, and, you know, that's just sometimes very hard in and of itself. And I was telling her about mirrored men, and she got really interested in the thought of that and she was like well wait a second I wonder if mirrored men sightings happened close to limestone deposits and I got to thinking I was just like oh my gosh I'm I haven't heard anything about that maybe that's something that is significant again have a good one think on that limestone deposit thing with the mirrored men maybe someone else has a better idea but great podcast love listening i'm gonna go back to listening now have a great night (laughs) bye thank you kathleen If you want to get yourself a little thrill, take a little trip down to Bishopville. That's in South Carolina in the county of Lee. The Brown Town Road is the place to be, the home of the Lizard Man. Catch him if you can. Go to Lee County, there's a million dollar bounty for the Lizard Man. When I heard his description, I knowed right off the bat I had an old lady that looked just like that. Bloodshot eyes, big and red, long hair down his back and none on his head. He's big and green and slick and dirty, eight tires off a car that was doing 30. Stepped a 10-foot ditch, knocked down a big tree. You think I want to mess with that SOB? 
He's got bad breath, some say he stinks Smells like a monkey, some people think Or maybe a skunk, but you can't tell Cause a lot of them Lee County people smell Just like the lizard man Catch him if you can Yeah, a million dollar bounty in Lee County for the lizard man Now that's the Lizard Man of Lee County by Jim Nesbitt I found this gem while researching this particular call and I knew I had to work it in here somewhere. And you can hear the complete song by, you guessed it, going to the show notes. And you know things have gotten a bit wild down at Bishopville. Sightings seem to be ramping up. The Lizard Man is more popular than ever. And just a few years back, he made national news when officials in the area issued a warning about the upcoming solar eclipse. The dangerous... Lizard Man. South Carolina issues advisory regarding Lizard Man. Another day, another wacky alert sent out by officials in South Carolina, this time warning locals about the incidence of Lizard Men or Lizard People in advance of the upcoming solar eclipse. With the total solar eclipse set to occur on August 21st, the South Carolina Emergency Management Division tweeted out this graphic, stating it does not know if lizard men become more active under a solar eclipse, but residents of Lee and Sumter counties should remain ever vigilant. Now that clip property of Tomo News US over on YouTube. And I don't want to alarm anyone, but there is another major solar eclipse event coming up just a day or two after this episode is released. October 14th, I believe. No, I'm not saying that any of you are in any danger. But maybe have a flashlight with you just in case. Because there's no telling how dark it'll get. And there's no telling what's hiding out there when it gets that way. No, I'm just kidding. If there is a swamp monster, he seems to be confined to the swamps and waterways of South Carolina. He's apparently down there banging on trucks. But it is well worth noting that the folks in that area have had vehicles chewed up, almost as if something took bites out of the hood, grill, and fenders. So maybe I am onto something. Maybe the lizard man does have a taste for vehicles. Well, regardless, a big thanks, Kathleen. That's one of those stories that I wasn't sure I'd ever get to deep dive on. And I'm so happy that you gave me the opportunity to do so. It's one of my favorite beastly legends. Now you know another of my favorite legends is that of the Borrego Triangle. And you can learn all about it in our brand new documentary, Shadows in the Desert, High Strangeness in the Borrego Triangle. Which we'll be showing at 7pm on November 2nd at the Salina Arts Center in Salina, Kansas. And... David and I will be there on video. There will be a short digital Q&A after the film. So if you're in the area or willing to do a little road trip, visit BorregoTriangle.com and get your tickets today. Now, as of now, this is our last scheduled showing. But if you have access to a theater and would like to give us a day, please reach out. In the meantime, I'll be working on adding additional showings to this list right up until the film is released on most streaming platforms sometime later this year. We don't yet have that release date, but once it's given to me, I promise you guys will be the first to know. Until then, I hope to see you in Kansas. On video, of course. Now, 
let's get back to the action. And this one is perhaps slightly more unusual than most. I mean, it's not every day that the Earth gets up and walks away. Nick from North Carolina. Tell him what I'm talking about. Hey, Derek, this is Nick from North Carolina. This is for the truck driver special that you're doing. I live in eastern North Carolina, uh, drive semis for a living. And about three years ago, I was driving down uh, Interstate 64, and it was about 6 o'clock in the morning. The sun was just coming up, um, and I was going past a group of trees and when I see gaps, I try to look for interesting places, maybe old dilapidated houses or things like that, because I like to go and take pictures of, of different things around the area. But anyway, I was driving down the road around 6 o'clock in the morning, and I was looking to my right, and I saw a large what can only be described as a large mound of dirt move. Um, and it wasn't like it just slumped over. It like stood up and started to walk. It was probably the size of an old Volkswagen Beetle. It looked like a cross between a, a dirt hill and a turtle on its back legs. I immediately slammed on brakes which isn't a good thing when you're driving a big truck and tried to watch this thing continue on and i kind of hoped that my uh drive camera would catch it but it didn't but anyway i, I saw this thing walk away and as i watched it it kind of sat back down and I continued driving because I couldn't stop the truck because of GPS and such. But the company kept up with the truck. They would have wanted to know why I stopped. But anyway, I kept going, trying to figure out what in the world I, I saw. Couldn't figure it out. Never seen anything like that. But I will say, when I was coming back through the next day on the same route, that particular hill or pile of dirt or rock or whatever it was, wasn't there and it's not there uh, anymore. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like a, a ninja turtle or a troll or something. But anyway, I hope this makes it into the uh, the truck driver special. I love your show. I listen to it all the time when I'm driving. It's one of the podcasts that I listen to the most and I'm a Patreon subscriber and I really enjoy the content. Thank you for doing what you do and keep it spooky, man. Thank you, Nick, and thank you for being a supporter over at Patreon. Now, this particular episode is about to end, but for those folks, the party will continue for another 30 or 40 minutes, and their support goes a long, long way to keep the show rolling. The bigger this circus gets, the more expensive it is to maintain it, and those funds go a long way to give Sarah, Delaney, and I the support we need to produce this monster each and every week. So thank you again for that, Nick. And if you'd like to join him, go to patreon.com and search for Monsters Among Us podcast or go to our website and click the Patreon tab. Well, that certainly was a wild one, Nick. I was about to say I'd never heard of anything like this. That's when I remembered a caller from a few seasons back 
who talked about a mound in a field that either seemed to appear or disappear overnight. To be honest, I can't recall which it was. And speaking of shadows in the desert, while David and I were researching for the film, we received the following email from a listener and a Patreon supporter, which makes them part of the Monster Squad. And they wrote, I've done a lot of Jeep overlanding, backcountry camping and hiking in Anza Borrego and nearby. I use the range at Ocotillo a few times a year with friends. It's a special place. I don't have a personal story, but I do have some folklore to share. In March of 2017, I was in an antique shop in Borrego Springs with my then 10-year-old son, who was also a huge fan of the shop. We had camped at the Borrego Palm Canyon car camping site and had spent the morning sightseeing bighorn sheep up on the rocks above that wash. My son told this to the proprietor, who was an older, garless local. She told my son that the sheep are cute, but at night he needed to watch for the giants. Now, according to her, the native people of that desert believe that the broken rock piles of that escarpment form up into giants under moonlight and walk across the valley. And that if he were quiet and attentive, he could see them. Now, his eyes were as big as saucers, and he solemnly took it upon himself to stay up late that night to spy them out. In the event, he slept through the night. Neither he nor I have ever seen these moonlight walkers. But now, wherever we go outdoors, if there are boulders or rock piles, he reminds me to watch for giants. I can't find any confirmation of this story with a quick Google search, but I sure liked it. It made an area I love even more spectacular. I hope one night I'll wake up and see a line of big rocky people swaying across the sand. Best regards, SC. So I guess for me to say I don't know anything about moving piles of earth would be a bit of a lie. But to say I have no clue how or why such a thing would or could occur, well, that's the truth and nothing but the truth. Now, I can't vouch for the moving dirt claims, but at night, out there in the triangle, the distance and the limited light plays tricks on you. You swear you see things moving in the distance. Maybe it's just the moonlight walkers. Out for a little reposition before the sun rises again. A big thanks to Nick, SC, and all of tonight's submitters. And I had an excellent time here with you this evening. And I hope you enjoyed the kickoff of Season 16 and the latest in a long line of special episodes. Now I'll be back next week with a brand new installment that's 100% normal programming. Until then, however, Monsters Among Us podcast is written and produced by me, Derek Hayes. Copyright Red Crow Media. Additional support is provided by Sarah Carter Hayes and Delaney Bowers. All media used in this production is done so under the protection of fair use. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. Don't forget to follow our social media pages. Don't forget to rate and review. And of course, don't forget to like and follow at YouTube. 
If you would like to listen to Monsters Among Us in a more organic setting, please consider tuning in to Sundown 96.6 on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, or the UnX Network, Saturdays at 11 p.m. Eastern. And finally, tonight's score was provided in part by a brand new artist, Armchair Ambiance. It can be found on YouTube, and I highly recommend you go check him out. And of course, the rest of the score was provided by Co.ag Music and Carl Casey and White Pat Audio. Now be sure to stick around for the true end of the episode. I promise you don't want to miss anything. And it's that time of year, folks. Be spooky, or someone else will do it for you. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. The secret entry that I picked out for tonight is one of my favorites from this episode. It's certainly a subject that I'd never heard of, let alone ever talked about. It's not your run-of-the-mill entry, is what I'm trying to say. And see if you can sniff out why. Kevin, from Canada. Welcome to the show. Hey Derek, uh, my name is Kevin. I'm calling from New Brunswick, Canada. Like everyone else says, I love your podcast. I've been listening for a few years now, and uh, it's just, you know, the best out there, in my opinion. So uh, this is for your trucker episode. The story took place in about 1973. It's actually my uncle who told me this story. Now, just to preface, my uncle is not a believer in the paranormal. You know, very meat and potatoes kind of guy, just down to earth, etc., So at the time, he was about 20 years old and uh, he had just started his career as a trucker. And this particular night, he was sitting in the passenger seat uh, of a truck. They were bringing a load of something from uh, New Brunswick uh, about to cross the U.S. border into Maine. So basically, he describes it like this. It was a rainy night and they were approaching a stop sign. And when they came to the stop sign, he looked out his window, so to the right, and saw a bunch of garbage bags that were kind of piled up. And he noticed that there was like a a person laying down, like kind of laying kind of like at a 45 degree angle or whatever. It just looked like he had been pushed back into these garbage bags. He was dressed in black, and my uncle said that the man, or whatever you want to call it, kind of looked up at him, 
and had a long, rounded, smooth nose and no other features on his face. His face had no eyes, no mouth, from what he said, like no ears, just this elongated, rounded nose. He said that he felt terrified when he saw that. He quickly pointed it out to the, the truck driver who uh, freaked out and they got out of there as, as fast as they could. And then they drove up to the next stop. It, it actually might have been customs and uh, they got out of the truck. They were panicked. They asked if other drivers had seen it and uh, one driver indeed had seen it and he was also panicked. They called the police and the police went back to where they had seen this thing and there was no trace that anyone had been there. The thing was gone. It was, apparently the grass was dewy and there was no sign that anyone had stepped in or around there. The thing was just gone and there were no other witnesses. So that's basically it. Like I said, my uncle never tells any other tall tales at all, but he swears this happened. Not sure if anyone else has had this kind of experience or has seen something similar, but um, yeah, I always thought that was a cool story. So again, um, thanks Derek for all your work and um, keep it up. Thanks. Bye. A nose-faced man. Is that actually what we're talking about here? Now, with no other facial features, it's difficult to come up with another term. Now, a couple things that popped in the old noggin here. Men in black are said to have exaggerated facial features. Perhaps an all-encompassing nose falls within those parameters. And, as Kevin said, the figure was dressed all in black. But why in the garbage? And why or how would it just simply disappear? Just too many whys for me. So let's open this one up to the listeners. Have any of you heard anything similar? Maybe you've seen something like this. Reach out. Let us know. That number again if you need it. 888-608-NIGHT. And my email is monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com. Now we thank you again, Kevin, for sharing that entry. I certainly don't know where to place this one. But I sure did enjoy it. Well, folks, this is where I leave most of you. You need a special ticket for the rest of the stops on this particular line. But you can get yours like I said, at patreon.com and by joining that $5 level. Go now and take advantage of that seven-day free trial. Now, to get us started in this overtime period, we begin in the state of Oklahoma, where Jackie is waiting with a tail. Hey Derek, this is Jackie from Oklahoma. I have a story about my dad who was a truck driver. He's driven a truck my entire life. That's how he met my mother and everything like that. So when I was a kid though, he used to talk about these spook lights that he would see in Missouri. And he would tell us about it. And I had actually gone on trips with him 